This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addicts podcast brought to you by our friends, the official beer makers. We have official beer makers now, y'all, uh, of the Arrowhead Attic podcast at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. Give them a shot. Appreciate it. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, Sterling Holmes, here to celebrate, if, 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 if anybody could celebrate after that, the latest Chiefs victory. Look, let's set the table here before we get into it because we have a lot of nice, not nice things to say about the way the Chiefs played today. The Chiefs won. They won the game. They figured it out 28-24 to on the road. Last game of the season, weird game to play. And they're, for now, the number one seed. And if by chance the Houston Texans find a little magic tomorrow uh, and beat the, the Tennessee Titans, not likely, the Chiefs would be the number one seed throughout the rest of the AFC playoffs if they could play well enough to stay in the playoffs. So with that, um, I'll go. Let's go around the horn and get initial reactions. I'm gonna start with you this time, Sterling. Wins a win, baby. Thank you, Vic Fangio. If he wasn't getting fired before that field goal call, he is now. Melvin Ingram saved the season. Jadavian clownied Ingram, and then Mizzou on Mizzou crying. Drew Lock could not take down Nick Bolton. By the way, give Nick Bolton right here. <laughs> give him some oxygen that man was right. breathing hard he gave about the 40 yard line and realized holy bleep no one's following me i gotta still run this is horrible yeah. but no yeah. a poorly coached game by i think andy reed what the hell were you doing you're getting six yards of carry on oh. first down you give up on it yeah. you decide to not go for it on fourth and five and you decide to take 20 yards of field position that was horrendous Again, Harrison Bucker made it, so it made the decision easier. But they, I think they should have gone for it later on that fourth down. But Bucker made a 51-yarder after slipping and sliding the entire game. But a win's a win, you know? At the end of the day, that's what they, we came here to accomplish, and they did it. But it was ugly. It was sloppy. But they got it done. I, I, I will say, before I throw it to Ferdinand here, Nick Bolton on that run, and, and hats off to him for, for gotten it out. He looked like when he got to about the 30, 40 yard line, he looked like when you're playing Madden and you're hitting the turbo button and your player runs out of turbo, like the meter gets all the way down and all of a sudden there's this drastic, drastic slowdown at speed. That's what Nick Bolden looked like on that play. Um, all right, Matt Verran, let him have it. We let him have it at halftime and it didn't get too much better in the second half. So I'll, I'll lead actually with a comment from my father who said, my arrowhead of the game goes to 14 hands Cabernet Sauvignon. Got me through that atrocity of a win. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up. Like that's well said, Dad. I, that, it, that was a shit fest that they just so happened to find a way. Now, look, I, you have to give credit where it's due. Ingram made a great play. He sold out. He was, he was going to – if, if Locke had kept that ball and pulled it back for play action, Gordon was still going to get truck stick. Like, Melvin Ingram was going to hit him a 1,000 miles an hour and just hope for the best, and he hit him, knocked the ball free. And I give Bolton a lot of credit. A lot of guys would have fell down there. They would have just taken the ball, which would have still been great. He ends up spinning off and making a huge play. And I got to tell you, if they, if they had let Denver go in there, I, the Chiefs would have lost that game, I think. They just could not do anything. That all said, that game – there were parts of that game that I really wondered, like, are the Chiefs, like, are they trying to lose this game? Yeah, obviously, of course not. But, like, they, there was a stretch, and they do a lot of rotations at the D-line anyway. There was a stretch in that game in the fourth quarter where the Chiefs played without any of their four main defensive linemen for, like, eight straight plays. Just no, no reason to put them out there. Apparently, just everybody's just getting some air. And I get it. It's Denver, and it's oxygen, and all this crap, like, the eight plays in a row, just nobody. Like, no offense to Derek Nottie, who's an excellent nose tackle and good against the run. Not a pass rusher. What like, what is happening? He's out there with Sean Wharton, who at one point dropped in his zone coverage. <laughs> yes. yes. I was like, what's <laughs> happening? Yo, what are oh they my doing? God. <laughs> what in the world are they doing? You know, Sorensen's playing deep middle. It's just – but they won because the Broncos are the Broncos and the Chiefs made a couple of plays. And- Hey, look, in the end, that's what matters. I'm hopeful that the Chiefs don't have injuries coming out of this game. Kelsey left. Looked like he was okay, but a little nicked up. You know, Darrell Williams maybe a little nicked up. Tyree Kill was hurt until he wasn't. Like, the play of the game before Wiley jumps off sides, the Chiefs are just like, no, go to hell. Like, what? Yeah. 
I think he was hurt the whole damn game. Now all of a sudden he's fine. Listen, you know what? They won, but like we said, Patrick on the halftime show, that's the kind of game like if they play like this defensively going forward, they're gonna have one more game going forward, and then they're yeah. going home. Was that, that, a, was, that was hideous. Was there a Shakira concert before the game? Because that looked like the field like they were playing at yeah. in Mexico because what was everyone happening? was slipping and sliding. They said they got a lot of rain, but then they mentioned on the broadcast they have a heated field. Like it's so, fine. What, what? Yeah, I, I, the Broncos were probably out there with uh, turtle wax and water and just going to town on that field before the game. I mean, it was weird. absolutely brutal. Yeah, very strange. Uh, and Zane Anderson, let's just say this, 14 points in the past two weeks based on special teams. I, I don't want to rag on the guy who's a special teams player, but you can't do. do that in back-to-back I, I weeks. Like to. No, I yes, get it, yeah. but I, I feel bad for the dude. It's a, it, This could be his job. I don't wish a guy losing his job. That's not fun. But in back-to-back weeks, you cost seven points directly, right? Directly costing points. That's just horrendous. That that cannot happen. I don't want him to be without a job. Right. I want him to go get a job, maybe on the Titans. Somewhere else. Maybe on the, the Patriots, the Colts. Look, man, they're on that on that block punt, and we'll get into this all the details here. I'm just I just want to throw out oh, either one or two things happen. Either he was freelancing and he wasn't supposed to, and he should be cut for that. Or Dave Tobe called some kind of weird let's try to block a punt when we're winning by seven and we're playing the Broncos and our kicker just fell down trying to kick off and the Broncos have the ball at midfield. I don't know what, either way it's bad. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, I want him to go get a job, but maybe the Titans, uh, Chargers, Chargers would be great. You know what? Bills. Bills are good. Bills are good. Like, bottom line, I thought the Chiefs tonight were soft. We're just soft. Get million missed tackles again, second week in a row. That offensive line yep. for Denver outside of Bulls is awful. Awful. Missing both guards in the right tackle. Their center stinks. The Chiefs got mauled to death up front. And then there were times where they filled the, the wrong gap or they filled the right gap and they slide off the guy. Like, look, man, I don't feel bad criticizing this. Like, you're a paid professional football player. Do your job. If I write a column and it's got 15 typos, like, I deserve to get chewed out for it. Do your job better. And I, at some point, you got to make... I want Thornhill tonight. There were three different times in the game where I don't say this lightly. Like, I genuinely mean this. I could have gotten the same piece the guy Juan Thornhill got because he whiffed on him. Like, didn't even touch him on three separate occasions. Bro, get a hand on him. Grab him. Like, I, and look, yeah. I understand Javante Williams is a big back. He's a physical back. Guess what? So is Derrick Henry. Like, you're going to have to get your hands dirty in these games. And I thought, you know, I've seen a lot of people commenting on Tyron Matthew. I, I didn't I didn't feel maybe the way that some others felt that he played awful tonight. I, I thought he was just kind of there. But, but why is he going high, Verderam? Why is Honey Badger trying to tackle high? He's five foot nine, fair, and he's trying fair. to tackle dudes high. That's my main issue. If you want to get paid like the highest safety in the NFL, act like it. Th- that's my main issue. When Sorensen, Zane Anderson, some of these guys are on minimum deals. I don't have as as vitriol towards these guys because they're getting paid this. I, I don't expect them to be pro bowlers. If you want to be paid like the highest safety in the, in, in the NFL, make a damn tackle. I will say that. Do you, would you still say is he a top five safety in the NFL? Sure. Yes, you pay him. Like, I agree with you, though. He did not have his best game today. I don't think anybody on that defense, maybe outside of Bolton, had, had their best game today. And that, that was the frustrating thing in this game. And, and I, will, I will leave it at this. Defensively, I put a lot of that on Spagnuolo. Now, a lot of it is, again, the missed tackles, poor angles. It's, everybody's got a hand. But a lot of times I, I push off the narrative of the coaching because I think it's just the easy narrative because you can't really prove it. It's kind of mysterious. But what were they doing today? Some of these games, yeah. I mean, how do you not go heavy personnel defensively and just say, look, Drew Locke beat me. I don't care. Beat me. Like, even if he makes some throws, he stinks. He's going to throw a pick. Right. He's going to throw a ball right into your arms at some point. Like, they just invited Denver with Neiman and Sorensen down in the box and their backup D-line in there for a ton. Like, what are we doing? I don't yeah. get it. You know, for, force them to make – it's like if they play the Colts in the playoffs. You put eight guys in the box and say, go ahead, Carson Wentz, beat me. Yep. Beat me. Yep. And if you can do it, fine, we go home. But I have no faith you can do it. It was just a very bizarre way to play a game today, I thought. And they got bailed out. And they bailed themselves out. Give them credit. Great play. But, like, it was a bizarre way to coach a football game. 
All right, let's get to some business and then we'll break this down a little bit more in detail. First of all, I have to say that, you know, this can't, this, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Casey Beerco. They stepped up big time to support your boys at Arrowhead Attic. They came up. They're going to be with us all the way through the NFL draft. Lots of fun stuff to come. If you want to support this podcast, if you like the content that we put out for you three times a week, tag Casey Beer on Twitter. It's Casey Beer Co. At Casey Beer Co. Let them know you heard about their product on this on this podcast. And really, like the thing that you can really do is when you're out at the store and you see that that Casey Beer Co. logo looks like this, buy some. Check it out if you drink. Buy some for a friend if you don't. They're the biggest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. They focus on the German style. It's absolutely fantastic beer. Sterling's throwing some back right now for his post-game celebration. So thank you to Casey Bierko for your support of this podcast. You guys are the best yep. over there. All right. So we also have a couple thank yous I got to give out really quickly. Mike in Sweden, our guy, appreciate you. He says, wow, I'll take that. It, that win, it was way too hard. Agreed. Yes, sir, And uh, AXN Jackson, uh, Axon Jackson, 222 for the Super Chat. Thank you. Uh, I'm a Bills fan. He says, uh, here she says, been watching you since the lead up to our game in week five. You guys do a good job. Good luck in the playoffs. Go Thanks, Bills. I, I agree with everything except that last part. I just got to tip my hat. I mean, the, f- the fact that Bills fans are watching this yeah. podcast, yeah. you're getting something useful out of it. I, I appreciate that. That's a, a pretty cool thing to say. And I wish the Bills all the success uh, until they play the Chiefs. Um, all right, let's let's get into this game. And I've, I have one question for you guys. And I think it's a big one. Um, and Verter and I kind of touched it on it on the halftime show. If you watch that, by the way, if you're out there watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Should we care about this poor, poor performance? You know, it's a weird game, right? It's kind of like a purgatory game. Like, it did matter for the Chiefs. If there were stakes, it wasn't, you know, they're the number one seed right now. And if something goes wrong for, for the, the Titans and they, they go out there and they play a, a crabby game like the Chiefs did today and they don't get the, the, the play that they need, they could find themselves, uh, dropping down. But like, it is kind of a weird game. You know, because that they're coming off the letdown game against the Bengals. They're going to the playoffs. Guys are trying to get healthy. And it was clear in this game, right? Like if this was a playoff game, Tyreek Hill would have played the whole game. And they were clearly they were clearly doing some stuff. And maybe that maybe that's responsible, Verderan, for some of the weird things that you were seeing, where they were maybe trying to like, let's see if we can like guys are banged up. Let's see if we can play them as little as possible, but still win and watch how the game's going. Um, which if that was the case, I could see that throwing anybody off. But should we care about them playing so poorly in this game, last game of the season? Yes, but I don't think – I said this in the halftime show. So this isn't just because they won the game. I don't think all of a sudden that dictates what, what's going to happen in the playoffs. I have seen plenty of teams in my life lose a game late, and then it's like, yeah, but it doesn't really matter because they're more talented than the teams they play in the playoffs, or they just play better. Look, the NFL is a week-to-week league. The Titans have lost this year to the Jets, okay, and the Texans, and they're the number one seed if they win tomorrow. Like, the Bills lost to Jacksonville. The Chiefs don't have a bad loss on their resume. They don't. They almost did today. They don't have one. But you do care about it because for the second time in a row, their defenses looked like dog shit, and offensively, I thought they were okay today. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was awful offensively. I thought offensively they were okay. You know, 20 points offensively, you know, if you want to get into two-point conversion, 22. I wasn't I wasn't overly thrilled, but I also think they, they were all right. I mean, they didn't have Hill. They planned on having Hill. You know, my concern is their defense. It's just, my God. Like, look, if a team makes great plays against you, like the Sorensen play where he, they, where he and Ward were kind of not, not double coverage, but in the same area, and he gets beat on third and 13. It's a horrible call having him in that position in the first place. But Locke, to his credit, made a really nice throw. Like, it wasn't awful coverage. He fit, it, he fit it in there. There were so many times, though, where you're like, how, like, what is happening? Like, guys are wide open. You know, I mean, there was a third and three where Sneed, and I forget who the other guy was, are standing right next to each other and, and, and he's just swinging out the back. He's got seven yards. Like, guys, hello, like, zone coverage. Like, someone has to be in every zone. I don't think it all of a sudden means, oh, God, they can't win. Like, look, would anybody really be shocked if they go to the playoffs and just kill teams three straight weeks? No. But it is concerning. I mean, you'd be lying if it's not, in my opinion. Sterling? No, I am not concerned. That field was horrendous. It was two scoops of ass. Everyone was slipping and sliding. Tooney gave up a sack based on that. No, I am not worried. Wide receivers were falling down. It seemed like two receivers, every single play, were down. It was horrendous. 
I'm not worried. They did not give anything. They ran the same play to McCole Hardman like six times. They just ran that screen pass. Different looks on it. Still a damn screen pass. I'm not, I'm not concerned. It is Jarek McKinnon season, by the way, just so you guys know. Uh, and then two, the only concerning part for me, and sure, defensively, but Josh Gordon, they keep giving him snaps. I don't know why Josh Gordon acts like he's a 5'2 receiver instead of being, what, 6'3". It's, it makes no sense. He's supposed to be his possession wide receiver, and he's trying to catch a ball with his body instead of putting his hands out there. That can't keep happening. You can't keep giving him snaps when guys like Byron Pringle are stepping up. Although I will say Byron Pringle had two plays where it looked like he cut off his route not on the same page as Mahomes. That's something that does need to get fixed before the playoffs. You know, but I think Byron Pringle, honestly, in this game, he's actually a pretty good microcosm for the entire Chiefs team in the way they play. He, he wasn't garbage. He made some good plays. He got open. He got targeted a lot. And then he had a couple of just sort of like, what are you doing? Like just a couple of plays, well, what are you doing? And I think that was the Chiefs today. They just looked like they were hungover. Or, you know, look, I mean, Madden made some good points earlier. They went to Cincinnati, they lost. They got moved to a short week, threw their schedule off a little bit. They traveled to Cincinnati, then they came home. Then they had to go all the way out to Denver. Like it's it wasn't an ideal situation. You're ending on a you know a road trip, those all those sorts of things. Last game of the season. I think we can forgive them for being a little bit just in this game, you know, and but but it's still concerning. I mean, I'm concerned. Well, when do, they do play you think like they're going to play yeah. the backups on in goal line situations come playoff time? No, we won't see Alex Okafor in that situation. <laughs> that come on, Tyreek Hill are, are wasn't playing. Are we going to see them miss 100 tackles like they've done the last two yeah. weeks? Sure, but yeah. do you, again, sure. I think part of that was the field. Juan Thornhill was flapping his hands like this multiple times. Again, I think a lot of it had to do with the field, the situation. Guys didn't want to get hurt. And by the way, if they would have lost, odds are they're playing the Patriots instead of the Chargers. That's not a really bad get. In fairness to what I think, I prefer to play the Patriots than the Chargers. Obviously, you want to win. You want to get that two, so you want home field advantage. I get it. There wasn't a ton of the line. The biggest situation in this scenario was health. Which might be a problem, unfortunately. I don't know. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I just... I do think the last two weeks defensively have been a crap fest. I don't, like I said earlier, I don't think that necessarily correlates. Like, would I be shocked if the Chiefs came out and just hammered three straight teams? No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all. The one thing I do think, like, we all, either as a fan or an analyst or whatever, like, we all care about the seeding and all that. I think a lot of the players, it's more like, look, man, just tell me where I got to be, who we're playing, you know, like, I'm not saying that they don't want to be home. And I think the I think the players care about the bye because that's a week off. You can rest. I wonder though if a lot of players, you know, if they do just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. You know, I I it's not like just get to the playoffs. But I don't know. You know, last year we saw them down the stretch. If you remember, the end of the year last year, they won the games, but they were not playing particularly well down the stretch. They were letting everybody in. They should have lost to Atlanta at home. Remember that game? Yeah. And then they got in the playoffs, and everybody's like, I don't know, I don't know. And then they come out, and before Mahomes got hurt, they just murder Cleveland. And then they played the Bills, who had won a million games that year and looked great, and the Chiefs just smoked them, right? So I do believe it's a week-in, week-out thing. Look, they're going to be hyped to the hilt next week if they have to play. They're going to be ready to go, and it's a question of do they win. But I put it this way. Am I concerned defensively? Yes. Am I, am I concerned? Like, would I pick against them next week? No, no matter who they're playing. So uh, I want to say to everybody out there, appreciate your support. There's a ton of you out there. If you get that thumbs up button for us on the YouTube channel, we'd appreciate it. And also, if you like the Arrowhead Attic podcast, we were, uh, if you want to become a member and you want to hit that join button and you want to look into that, we, we have a private discord, a lot of other benefits. We were hanging out with everybody during the game tonight. Uh, and it was a lot of fun in the private discord. So if you're interested in that, more people keep joining. It's getting more and more lively. It's pretty dope. Um, so appreciate your support. Hit that thumbs up button and, and subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And if you don't, subscribe because we'll eventually say something that you'll like. All right. So let's break down some of the individual performances in this game. Real, I'm, I'm real particular- quick, just a yeah. heads up. Andy reads at the podium. Tyreek Hill had a sore heel. Daryl Williams had a big toe that was bothering him. According to Nate Taylor, Reed did not mention Travis Kelsey among those injured. That's good news. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's it's hard to know for sure, but it's it's a weird game where, like, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. And when it comes down to a guy like Tyreek Hill and he's not feeling great, try to rest him as much as you can. I agree with the way that the Chiefs handled that 
in this game, put him out there in some crucial situations, but gave him some time to rest because you're probably not going to have that buy. Um, That's good news. We had a really, there was an interesting, and I think as we're looking for a little bit of perspective coming off a game where I think as fans, it was probably frustrating. I know it was frustrating to watch. This one comes from our our buddy, Nick Wright uh, over at Fox. The Chiefs under Mahomes in 2018, 12 and four division champs, number one seed AFC championship game appearance. 2019, 12 and four, Division champs, two seed Super Bowl champs. 2020, 14 and two division champs, number one seed Super Bowl. 2021, 12 and five division champs, number one or number two seed. That is, if you're looking for perspective, when you feel frustrated, remember, you know, what I was thinking earlier today, I was like, you know, one of my favorite Chiefs plays like pre Mahomes was that time that Mark Bradley threw that touchdown pass to Tyler Thigpen on a trick play. Like, Seriously, I'm 38, I'm 38 years old. That's that that was a fun play, but like that's that's a dark like top 10 Chiefs plays to have when when you know uh all things considered. So here here's and, and talking about the defense, uh I saw this, I think it was Howard Kuntz. Harold Kuntz, sorry, leading tackler for the Chiefs this year, Nick Bolton with 112, and they didn't even want to play him. You know, they're doing everything they could early on. Yeah. Yeah. What a play. What a play by him. What a what a season by him. And I feel like he's going to be big in the playoffs because you're going up against, right? If you see the Patriots at some point, you know they're going to want to run the football. You see the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, you better be able to stop the run. You see the Titans, Derrick Henry is going to be back. That's your number one priority. So, you know, Nick Bolton could be a, a big, big key for the Chiefs as they head into the playoffs. But he's still not playing as much as he should. How impressive is it that he's the leading tackler with the amount of snaps played? That, to me, is incredible. A lot of times, yeah. even tonight, I was surprised. They, We all knew Denver was running the football, and Bolton is nowhere to be seen. I don't understand it. I, I think he needs a lot more playing time. I don't know if this is a, hey, Hitchens, we know it's your last year. We want to get our money's worth from the contract. I don't know if it's a Spags. He's a veteran presence. He puts the guys in the right spot. It's, it's it. just frustrating because Bolton has shown time and time again, he's fantastic stopping the run. Sure, he has his issues in pass coverage. I'm a Mizzou guy, but I'm not blind. Even in this game, he had one where it looked like he should have gone out in the flat and he stayed in the middle. looked like he thought it was zone instead of man coverage, and he just didn't pick it up. But when you know the team is running, he needs to be in the game. It's plain and simple to me. Agreed. Uh, I, I don't understand why Willie Gay doesn't play on third down. Like, mm. all this stuff, that yeah. is the thing. I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I cannot – he is a third down backer from heaven. Yep. And they just refuse. They're like, no, 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 Ben Neiman. No, look, I'm not, and I'm not even crapping on Ben Neiman. I'm really not. This is more about Spagnuolo. If you're going to put him out there, I want to know the reason why. And I got to say, I'm not calling out any media member. Any, I just, I would love for someone who's in the pressures day in and day out to just ask him, like, why does Ben Neiman play on third down over Willie Gay? What is the rationale? Maybe he would say something that you'd either go, all right, I don't agree with it, but okay, I get where he's coming from. Or maybe he'd go, oh, you know, okay, wow, all right. That, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what is the thought process? That you go, yeah, that's that's good. That's what we need to do. Like Ben Neiman is a special teams player. That's what he is, and he's a good one. That's fine. But that's what he is. And I I, I will say I'm a Spags guy. I I mean hell, the guy's got two rings for a reason. He's a very good coordinator on the whole. But there are times with him, and and Andy does the same thing where they're so stubborn that it they just will not adjust. They refuse. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl where they should have been throwing short passes that whole game. And Andy just came out and was like, nope, we're playing the same way. Got him killed. Like, I I don't know. There's a difference between having the courage of your convictions and sticking with them and just being stubborn. And I think the Chiefs, with some of the stuff they do defensively with personnel packages, they cross that line. And Ben Neiman had one tackle today, by the way. One. Awesome. Awesome. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the offense and, and, and Mahomes. How do you guys, how do you rate Mahomes' performance today? Not like you look at the stat line, it's not terribly impressive it's not bad but it's not terribly impressive and this was remember let's set the, t- the stage here this is the denver defense the chiefs played the first to go around they were missing a lot of guys in the secondary yeah no ronald darby no sertan i thought would see a better performance but again no tyree kill and it seemed like travis wasn't in there as much as he usually is 
Byron Pringle was really good outside of maybe two snaps this game when he was off kilter with Mahomes. I think Byron Pringle did a good job blocking as well. I think he's going to fill that Demarcus Robinson role uh, better as far as that third receiver, the fourth receiver, the guy that does the dirty work. He does a great job at doing that. Mahomes did a good job with his legs, picking up first downs when need be. He had a couple bad throws, threw a couple at dude's feet. I don't know if he slipped. I don't know if the ball was wet. But as far as the performance goes, it was very bland, right? The Chiefs didn't do anything spectacular. Like I said earlier, they, they ran the six or the same six plays to McCole Hardman, and it worked. McCole had over 100 yards. I think the game was fine. They needed, the, they needed a win. They got the win. They Again, it was bare bones, very vanilla. Um, I, I thought Mahomes did okay. He had 270, two touchdowns, only 6.1 yards in attempts, which is pretty hideous. But he ran for 54 yards as well. But I, I will say this for Mahomes. I thought this was a game where he was let down in some extent by this offense. Like, first of all, they didn't have Hill. Changes the whole game. Secondly, Gordon drops the ball, should have caught. They had multiple guys, and this is nobody's fault, but maybe the, the field crew. Like, the, the turf was a mess. How many, and Sterling mentioned this multiple times. He's right. Like, how many times did they had a guy just fall down on a route? Just couldn't yeah. get, couldn't get their footing. Like, I, I thought, look, look, I thought Mahomes was okay. And I will say this Denver was without guys. But I picked this game before. I picked it to be 24 to 13. That was my prediction for the game. Like they, Denver has a good defense, largely because they're very well coached defensively. Fangio's out of his depth as a head coach, but he's a great coordinator. So they're always going to be well coached. I mean, think about when they played them in, in Kansas City. The Chiefs won, scored 22 points. They scored 15 points offensively in that game. Like they couldn't do anything. Mahomes was 15 to 29 in that game. So, and that was with Hill. They're a hard team to play. From a defensive standpoint. Now, my, like I said, my biggest criticism, and I, I haven't really touched on the offense. I thought the offense was okay. Defensively, that was just a mess. You, you just cannot get run over at the point of attack like that by a team that has no offensive line. And the other part of it, too, is like they're playing for nothing. They're playing for nothing. I mean, you know, and that's why I thought that penalty by Anderson was so critical early. Seven nothing, get three and out him again. Like if the Chiefs had gotten the ball there and scored, I feel like the Broncos would have just rolled over and died. And that'd have been the end of that game. And you're not playing Kelsey all the way to the end. You're not playing Mahomes all the way. But no, no, again, with the stupidity on special teams, it is what it is. But I thought Mahomes was okay. I, I was not um I wasn't worried about him. I, I thought he played fine. I, I will say though, while the, the Broncos as a team may not be playing for anything. Some guys on the Broncos certainly are, right? Last chance to get some film on yourself. You know, Melvin Gordon, you, you know, he's uh, he's playing for something, right? You know, they drafted this young this young running back all season long. He's had to hear about how that guy should get the ball. And, uh, boy, he went out and ran hard. Dude just scores touchdowns, plays well, seems to be really underrated. I saw somebody make a comment about Kelsey, said that uh, in the chat, Kelsey looks old, poor guy. I got to say, listen. He is getting a little older, but like, do you remember like two weeks ago when he outran like big single handedly won the game for the Chiefs against the, the, the Chargers and outran their entire defense? Uh, he is older in age. He looks fine to me. I, he, <laughs> he, he's cut. He's got over a thousand yards receiving this year. Uh, I forget mm-hmm. exactly where he's where he's landed, but um, he and Hill are one of the top duos still in the league. I think it's just it probably feels a little bit like, first of all, he's coming off last season, which was might end up being one of the best seasons of his career, right? Maybe the best, period. And then two, teams are playing the Chiefs are a little bit differently. So there's some games he gets taken out of, maybe a few less big splash plays, but he's been tremendous all season long. Tra- I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey. How how could you? Sometimes I really do just like, am I watching the same sport? Um, Travis Kelsey going into today, going into the day, okay? 16, well, actually, he only played 15 games because he missed the one game because of COVID against Pittsburgh. 88 catches, 1,091 yards, and eight touchdowns. Like, that's a great year if you're 25 years old. He is 32, and then today he went for what? He went for uh, four catches, 34 yards, and another score. So he's going to end the year 92 catches. Let's try and do the math in my head quick. 1,125 yards and nine touchdowns. He entered today tied for 12th in receptions for all, all players, not, not obviously tight ends, all players, tied for 11th in yardage and tied for 13th in touchdowns. He's a 32-year-old tight end. <laughs> and people are like, oh, is, is he cooked? Is he done? <laughs> I, God, I don't know anymore. Like, what? 
The guy, like, <laughs> the least of their problems is Travis Kelsey. Go ask the Chargers about Travis Kelsey. He's still running. <laughs> right. If yeah. Kyle Pitts did this, we would he'd be rookie of the year, right? Yeah. Like this I'm is like, this asinine. And I get it. A down year in quotations, down year for Travis Kelsey is the best year in twenty nine other teams, thirty other teams is outside of Mark Andrews and George Kittle, right? Like. Yeah. This is just absurd. Sure. He's he's looking old guy. He might be a little banged up, right? But he's incredible. If we're complaining about Travis Kelsey, we are focusing on the wrong thing here. The only thing Travis Kelsey's lost over the years is his uh, is his complete inability to rein it in and take a personal foul. That right. was one thing early right. in his career. Yeah. Look, I'm glad he's reined it in. One of the great, great chief penalties of all time. If, oh, yeah. if you all remember, Nick Foles we was the know. quarterback in the game. They played Jacksonville at Arrowhead, and he was pissed off because he felt like he got hooked and held in the end zone. They didn't throw a flag. He was, he was annoyed throughout the game, and the official threw a flag on him for screaming at him. And Kelsey took his, took his towel out of his pants and welded it in the air, and then hats went flying. It was, it was <laughs> one of the great penalties. Yeah. Like, I remember being yeah. furious in the moment because oh, Jacksonville is terrible. And I was like, if they lose this game, it's just an absolutely horrific loss. But looking back, easily one of the top three penalties in Chiefs history. And he was a guy early. Remember, there was that one year. God, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think it was after 2016 where he actually called Andy Reid out after a playoff game about how he thought the play calling wasn't oh. good. And I mean, huh. it's like a different lifetime, yeah. right? Different lifetime. He had that yeah. obscene gesture during the Denver game years ago. Remember that? On Sunday oh, that was great. That was a classic. Right? Like, Travis Kelsey, the only thing he's lost is his complete inability to control himself emotionally. (laughs) Other than that, still trucking. Love that, man. Love that, man. All right, let's talk about the running back by committee. So Derek Gore comes in. He has seven carries for 30 yards. Jarek McKinnon, five carries for 24 yards. And uh, Darrell Williams, seven for 17 and then, of course, they got in, they got in there in the in the passing game as well. Williams with three for thirty, McKinnon for three for twenty six. I want to talk about McKinnon in particular. Three catches for twenty six yards and a touchdown. Five five carries for twenty four yards. You look at that stat line and you don't think if you if you didn't watch the game, right? You might look at that stat line and be like, all right, yeah, fine, like he got a touchdown. But what a difference does Jarek McKinnon make when he's out there? I mean, we touched on it when he would get on the field earlier in the season before he got injured about how hard he played, how he put his hit, how he could block. Right. What's what's y'all's opinion on on McKinnon and what he the juice he brings to this offense when he gets the opportunity? Well, I said it week one, and it wasn't true week one, but it might be true now. It's McKinnon season. This dude lowers his shoulder. He might be the smallest running back on the roster, but he plays like the biggest. This dude goes in, he initiates contact, he falls forward, he doesn't jump around. There's no Le'Veon Bell little bullshit back there trying to find the hole. He goes <laughs> forward. It's incredible yeah, to yeah. watch. Dude, when they signed McKinnon, I was ecstatic because not only is he a great third down running back, he at least goes forward. We're seeing it now. He's finally healthy, and who knows with Darrell Williams, who knows with CEH, what the extent of the injury actually is. McKinnon may actually be lead, uh, leaned upon later on this year in the playoffs. I, I'm excited. This is why you have depth at running back. This is why. Huge. I love the way McKinnon plays. He had a nice catch, too. There was one time they swung it out in that last drive, and it was kind of a low throw, and he yep. dug that thing out. Like A lot of, a lot of backs yeah. did not catch that ball. Would've, I got to tell you, I don't know Josh Gordon's catching that ball. They can use McKinnon. And I'll say one thing about him, too. He didn't have to do it a lot. He can block. He's the best blocking back they have. So you trust him on third down. We've talked about this all year, guys. They got four backs who I like, like all of them. I would I would trust any – just play the hot hand. If McKinnon's rolling, play him. If Williams is rolling, play him. CEH is back in the playoffs and he's going good, good play him. By the way, everybody wants a good laugh. So Sean Keeler, who does a nice job at uh, Denver Post, tweets out, Broncos tackle Garrett Bowles just now with his annual Chiefs promise. This is post game. Quote, they've been dominating this AFC West for a long time, and we're sick of it. I promise you all, man, it's going to change. End quote. <laughs> Garrett, the game, the game just ended. Yeah, I mean, the season's over for my, you guys, right? <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? And I saw earlier, I, I, a bunch of reports tweeted out that Drew Locke was saying that Justin Simmons gave one of the all-time halftime speeches. They immediately came out and gave up a touchdown. <laughs> like, what? I mean, yeah, that was that was the drive where McKinnon went nuts, and he, he had that great yeah. play to, to jam it in the end zone. 
No, listen, I think running back by committee is a thing. That's fine. Like, hey, remember all those years, you know, when the Chiefs had Damian Williams? And like during the year, he's like, hey, he's all right. And the Damian Williams turned into Jim Brown in the playoffs. I've never seen a guy ever who had more, like, just, you know, he's fine during the season. And then you get in the playoffs, there's three touchdowns a game. It's immediately yeah. phenomenal. But I'd ride the hot hand. I, I agree. I'm a little bit nervous that they'll get too stuck with trying to, you know, feed the ball to CEH and it, it won't work. And then they'll just kind of get away from the run. I'm a little bit nervous about that. I think you got to rotate these guys in because they've all shown talents and a little bit of electricity that we don't always see from, from Clyde, like McKinnon today. Gore is really their out of the backfield. Like it seems weird to say, cause he's not like a Jamal Charles type or anything, but he seems to be their big play threat out of the backfield. Like that guy is the one who seems to bust it off. He seems to have maybe the best vision of all of them. And then you got Daryl Williams out of the backfield to catch the ball. By the way, he would have had another great catch today if the, I think it was Browning, had his arm. And so he, they didn't get yeah. the flag, but he yep. tried to make a, a one-handed grab there. You know, he is a threat. And boy, that was a good ball by Mahomes, by the way. It was. Great ball by Mahomes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sterling, any thoughts on the running back by committee? No, I love it. I've said it all along. Who cares about the first round draft pick? You ride the hot hand. It's a sunk cost. But Verdurm, I will say Garrett Bowles has a point. The Broncos, though, they dominate the early season letdowns and trips to Mexico. Come on now. They dominate those trips to Mexico. (laughs) It's just, look, and I'm not like, look, man, (laughs) you can't talk crap. And and, in this case, it's not even crap. Like have like these declarations. Garrett Bowles has never beaten the Chiefs. Like, since he's been there, they've never won a game against Chiefs. Enough out of you. Enough out yeah. of you. Just stop. I don't want to hear. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like when the Raiders danced on the Chiefs logo and then just got their doors blown off. Like, if you're going to do <laughs> yeah. that, you better come with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, my God, it's it's kind of like when, you know, everybody, look, we're all, we've all been in high school. I, I think, I think at least, I think we've all been in high school. Look. You, you know, you, you're in like the locker room and maybe there's like a fight brewing or something. You know, guys are drawn back and forth. It's like, all right, these guys have a history. You might see a, might see a brawl. And one kid is just talking an enormous amount of crap to the point that you're all sitting there and your buddies are like, man, he better back this up or he's going to hear this for life. And then he just yeah. gets roundhoused and falls into a locker and you're like, yeah. oh, man, oh, that's bad news. You know, like you can't be that guy and not then back it up. You know, yeah. like if you lose the fight, but you didn't talk an obscene amount of game going into it. All right, it's still bad you lost the fight, but like, right, you know, fair enough. You, you, know, you put your best foot forward, it happens. When you're the guy who's just constantly, the Raiders are the poster child fish, just constantly going and going and going and going. And then you just get your ass whipped. And it's just, it's a complete shelling by the middle of the second quarter. That's tough times. That's tough. That's the kind yeah. of thing that gets replayed over and over and over. What do you call doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Being the Raiders. Yeah. Well, yeah. the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> should be Listen, the name a team. <laughs> just just to, for, for point of order here, that was the 13th straight time, lucky number 13, that the Chiefs have beaten the Denver Broncos, which th- those of us who grew up in the in the Elway era. That's like impossible. Could, yeah, could not have imagined that. Like winning at mile high, even when the Chiefs were good, was always <laughs> difficult. Um, please keep Drew Lock forever. And I got to be honest with you, man. Like we we found the stat for the for the preview show, and and, and Verderum and I were both floored by it. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a road game in the AFC West. Just think about that. That is absolutely bananas. By the way, shout out to Chiefs Kingdom having like half that stadium full today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot, a of, lot Chiefs of Chiefs fans. Yep. By the way, speaking of the AFC West, not to not to jump off top, Grant. We just want uh, since we're not going to talk him for the games. What do you guys think happens Sunday night, Raiders Chargers? Any thoughts? I think the Chargers are going to win because I think they're the better team by far. They've got the better quarterback, but more talent, better coach. But Chargers are inconsistent, and the, you got to hand it. You got to hand it to the Raiders. Look, if any team other than maybe say the, the Jaguars and the Texans, if any other team had a reason to just pack it up and go home this season, yeah, it was it was the players of the Las Vegas Raiders, and they went out there and they won a tough game against the playoff contender and the Indianapolis Colts. And why shouldn't they go into this game absolutely believing that they can win? They're going to be at home. I think the Chargers will win, but I think the Raiders will make it interesting. I think both teams kneel the entire game, end in a tie, and go to the playoffs together, hand in hand. (laughs) No, I think the Chargers win, man. 
Chargers are a much better team. Uh, when it comes down to it, they have the better quarterback. I trust Justin Herbert more than I trust Derek Carr. I do want to give Derek Carr credit. The amount of off-the-field drama that he has dealt with this season yep. has been incredible. It's astronomical. The fact that they even have a chance to make the playoffs, head coach getting fired, number one overall draft, or their first-round draft pick getting canned, uh, another first-round draft pick, I believe, in Arnett getting canned. Yep. They yep. have another DUI last week. That and guy's not – like, this is just obscene. I want to give Derek Carr credit because he actually seems like a decent dude, even though he dresses like a 1980s rock star with that eyeliner. But the Chargers are the better team. They're going to win. Better better quarterback wins in clutch situations. We've seen it time and time again. I picked the Chargers to win in my picks column, my 31-29. But I got to tell you, the more and more I think about that game, the Chargers should win, by the way. I agree with everything you guys both said. They're a better team. They should beat them. Better quarterback the whole, the whole nine. Agreed. Is there ever a team, though, that you trust less in a spot like this than them? Like that team is built yeah. to lose this game on like a 25 yard mission. Oh no. Fumble the kneel yeah. down. Yeah. Fumble the oh, kneel no, down. Halloween madness again. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing I'm most excited about for tomorrow is that game because anything's on the table. Anything. The Raiders yeah. could lose by 30 points. The Chargers could lose by 30 points. One of these teams could lose on a Hail Mary. Like anything in, in the world could happen in that football game. I would like the Raiders to win because I think the Chargers are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the entire AFC. I really do. Yeah. I, I think in a lot of ways, the Bills I have a lot of respect for. I think the Bills are real. Like people got off the Bills because they had a weird middle of the year. The Bills are a really good team. Tennessee, they're they're still there. You got to respect Tennessee. You know, you got to respect anybody you play. But I, I'd like to see the Chargers go out of the playoffs or out of the playoff picture, I should say. Uh, but man, I that game. If if you said you got to bet your mortgage, I take the Chargers. But boy, I wouldn't feel good about it. I I mean, that game, yeah. anything's on the table. Anything. Who wants to bet? Who wants to bet? I'm taking Chargers. Anyone want to take the Raiders? Verderam? No, I mean, I got to stick with my guns. I picked the, I picked the Chargers in my oh, picks column. So I got to stick with them. Yeah, okay. I'm sticking with the Chargers. But I, cool. well, I'll tell you, though, that game, like, would anybody here be surprised if the Chargers just throw three picks and lose that game? No. In the not, last not two in the minutes, slides. by the way, too. Yeah. <laughs> also, and then we can get back to finishing up here with the Chiefs. Uh, anybody taking the Texans? They the beat him once this year, but how can you not like? <laughs> how can you not think that the Texans have a chance? They're playing a team they already beat once. It's a divisional game, as we saw today. A, a, an inferior team can make things interesting. Of, no, I'm not taking them. The Titans have everything to play for, but I don't trust the Titans either. Like that, the Titans. The Titans lost to the Jets this year, so it's all on the table. Look, I want to. We got to keep things moving here. Let's get to let's get to earning their arrowheads. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and and we got a few other things to come. Who who uh, who gets arrowheads from you for this this ugly win today, Sterling? Uh, well, really quickly, both the Titans and the Texans have won two out of their past three games. Forget the rest of the season; they both have are gone two and three. Uh, no, I'm Melvin Ingram. Back. Melvin Ingram. That was the play of the game. That was the game yeah. that saved the yeah. Chiefs. Oh, oh God, yeah. He that was Jadavian Clowney when he was at South Carolina. And he just decked that dude. That was a mirror image. So I got to go with he Melvin Ingram. Him. Yeah, that was just incredible. Give, give, give me Ingram. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, my fan page has been calling it all week that the Titans are going to lose this game. So if it happens, give that man his love. And if it doesn't happen, then whatever. We can all forget about it. He's, he's, maybe we should make a bet with the Matt Verderam fan page that if, if the Matt Verderam fan page is right and the Titans lose, that they have to reveal their identity. Uh, that's scary stuff. Mm. I don't know. Hey, I'll, I'll take the Texans <laughs> in a bet. If someone wants to bet me. Somebody needs to bet. Down. Like... Calm down over there. There's, there's hotlines <laughs> for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, Ingram's a guy, right? I mean, you got to go that way. So like I said, I will, uh, as my dad is like the unofficial fifth member of this thing, along with my daughter. If you missed it earlier, my, my father, arrowhead of the game, 14 hands, Cabernet Sauvignon, got him through that atrocity of the win, but then also added, quote, I also would like to give Drew Locke a big arrowhead for giving Nick Bolton a hug and wishing him well before letting him run 80 yards on the winning touchdown. (laughs) I, uh, my dad's on a roll this evening. I can't say it any better than that. Yeah. I mean, those guys get my arrowheads, right? Like it's got, it's gotta be those two guys. I mean, they made, they made the play of the game. I, I, I don't think there's any way the Chiefs would have stopped them down there. It felt almost inevitable, and then that happens, and the play, you know, look, Bolton makes a great play to spin out of the tackle, and he's down the sideline, and he's gone. So, yeah, Bolton, 
and and Ingram, and then apparently my father Drew Locke, which is also fair. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my arrowhead to we'll change it up a little bit. Obviously, those guys. I'm gonna give it to McCole Hardman. Eight receptions, 103 yards. Yep. That that 44 yard play at the end of the game helped the Chiefs ice it. Really left no doubt. Nothing wonky or funny happened because of that. Um, really, really helped them out. So you know, McColl takes a lot of crap, but you see when he gets the ball in his hand, how dangerous he is. So I hope the Chiefs keep trying to find ways to get him the ball, especially in a game like this where Tyreek was was out of the picture a little bit. Having a having a home run threat like that on the field is always a good thing. All right. By the way, Verderam. Your dad drinking wine during the game? That's pretty bougie. I wasn't expecting that from you. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was quite a bit of wine. I was on the phone throughout the game. Like, my dad and I, so we used to watch the game. By the way, calling him bougie. I hope you don't meet him. So <laughs> I've met him. I've met your father. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, it's uh, So he he and I always watched the game together. Then I moved out to Chicago. And for years, like, we would just talk after the game. That was kind of the thing. And then during the Super Bowl run, actually, the last week of the regular season, we were on the phone together. I was completely abandoning my duties of fan side. I was watching the Chiefs Chargers <laughs> game, and he had the Dolphins Patch game on, like the old Kevin Harlan thing, right? So we just watched the games, and we were just kind of talking, and it just so happened we just stayed on the phone, or whatever, and that just became a thing. And so we always do that. And I just have them on on speaker while I'm working, you know, and I'm making and getting it done or whatever. And so they yeah, didn't have to work, so we were just sitting there talking. And uh, yeah, at one point he was like, "All right, keep me updated. Going for more wine." So <laughs> uh, I think it just happened to be it. that it was. It was there, and uh, no- normally I would think a blue moon would do the trick. Uh, or, mm, or now, yeah. now it's got to be Casey Bierko. And now yeah. we got to get we got to get the old man hooked. Up. I'll, I'll say this: get the old man some beer. He'll, he'll drink his weight in Heffenweizen. Um, yeah, but, I had uh, two tonight. They're incredible. Oh, they're, yeah. they're so good. They're so. I had one. I've had more, <laughs> more than one when I went out to Kansas City last time. Yeah, but hey, you know what? By the way, I love that call with Hardman on the last drive where they threw him that wide receiver screen. Because two times they almost broke that play earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah. And it was a great call by Reed and or Biennemi to go back to that play. It's essentially a running play. You're going to keep the clock moving. And they broke it that time. Great block by Kelsey, who's apparently too old to play football anymore. And <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, he's out the gate, whatever it was, 40, 50 yards. So well, well done yeah. all around. So I, while we're handing out hardware, I dusted off an old segment here. I've got an award to give out. Uh, this is a fun one. Haven't done this one in a while. It's the Brody Croyle Award for being Son a disgrace a to the position of quarterback. <laughs> Brody Croyle. Brody Croyle Award for being a disgrace to the position of quarterback. And that is going to Drew Locke, who was uh, made a couple of nice passes down the end, but was terrible in this game. Completed only 12 passes, 12 of 24 for 162 yards. Uh, at one point, like almost all the way to halftime, his receiver, Cortland Sutton, had one yard passing less than Drew Locke had deep into the game. Uh was absolutely terrible. So uh, congratulations to, to Drew Locke, the Brody Croyle Award for being a disgrace to the position of quarterback. I don't think we'll see Drew Locke starting anywhere next year. What do you believe? First off, you do. Okay, first off, he wasn't like absolutely horrendous. He was bad, sure, but we've seen worse performances this year. Hell, Tom Brady against New Orleans He's was worse. Sweet. Let's be he, real here. He sticks. This is a, this is a lifetime achievement okay, award. Okay, what is you're just taking up for him because he's from his joke. Hey, M I Z baby. Okay, <laughs> piss off. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I apologize, but no, I'm gonna say this. He had one play that reminded me of Jake Plummer when they had the play action bootleg, and I go, oh no. I've seen this too many times. Jake Plummer made a killing against Kansas City doing this. Yeah, I got yeah. very nervous that they were going to keep running that. But, of course, Vic Fangio has no idea what he's doing. So he just did it one time, and that was it. I think Drew Locke has not gotten a fair shake. This was his best chance to make a name for himself. But, again, like you said, he's missing two of his offensive linemen. He's not had a full offensive line with his full set of receivers and tight ends I, I just think that his arm strength is there. He's not picking up the NFL game the way he did in college. The mental aspect, I think, is overwhelming him. That takes time. If you believe in him, the arm strength is incredible. I think the accuracy is solid. His legs, good enough. Mobility in today's quarterback position is huge. The tools are there. You got to get it between the dome. That's what needs work. Sterling, he could have Thanos blocking for him, and it wouldn't make well, a difference. He stinks. He is so bad at processing. <laughs> I said it between the dome. I get it. Oh, yeah, that's great, man. 
Everything else is good. <laughs> it's like saying, hey, I, I mean, oh, my car is great, except it doesn't have an engine block. Well, yeah. get a new engine right. block. Right. You can work on it. He's yeah, a pro. Car, he, car. He's a 1970 El Camino. You just got to give it some love, baby. He, you got to work on it. Pinto, if you hit the bumper, it's made out of flint. The thing catches on fire. He's terrible. <laughs> oh, my. Come on, now, now, stop it. Stop it. He, he is. Well, yes, physically, sure. Big. By the way, Elway. Every time he drafts a quarterback, just is in love with these guys. Big arm, yeah. big frame, a lot like him. The problem is they they, they stink. Unlike him, uh, you know. I mean, we've seen Osweiler, right? We've seen Locke. We've seen Lynch. Rock. You go on down the line. They got a problem. Like they were banking on Rodgers, I believe. Well, he's not going anywhere. I I, I would be shocked if he leaves Green Bay. So now what? Now what are you going to do? You're going to go get Watson, pending that legal situation. He's got a no trade clause. Reports where he doesn't want to go there. We'll see. Going to go get Russell Wilson? I don't know. Like They better do something because I got to tell you, the answer to that, that team is not on the roster. All right. Before we get out of here, one last segment. Um, and if you guys could hit that thumbs up button on YouTube for us, subscribe. And if you want to become a member and join us in the Discord, hit that join button and uh, explore that. All right. So we're going and we're going to watch those games tomorrow. We're going to see how the seating shakes out. Who do you want individually? I know you think the Chiefs can beat anybody, but who do you want in the first round of the playoffs? It could be the Chargers. It could potentially be the Colts. It could be the Raiders. Who do you want to see? It's probably almost guaranteed to be the Chargers or the Colts. So I'll just pick out of those two because it would just take a lot of weirdness to be other way, the other way. I, I want the Colts a million times out of a million. A million times. Look, and man, I get it. Hey, you just watched the Chiefs get run over at the point of attack by a crappy O-line. Like, I get it. Maybe they get maybe they get beat up. I I want. I always want the worst quarterback. Always, always, because the great quarterback and Mahomes should be evidence forever for Chiefs fans. Can bail you out of a crap situation because he's just unbelievable. I want the guy who I have no fear of throwing the football. Do you know that the Colts have one guy this year with more than four hundred fifty receiving yards? Pittman. You, you got a thousand. He's it. Yeah. You br- bring them in. Yeah. If the Chiefs can't beat them, they're not ever winning anything with this team. I mean, Buckner's a great player. He's the only guy who gets any pressure up front. They don't have a good pass rush. Like their corners on the outside. Kenny Moore's an excellent slot corner, but they're not good on the like, to me, they are heaven sent for the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, and they got Taylor, look, he's great. Like anything's pop, but like every play- playoff team's gonna have somebody and something. That team to me scares me a lot less than the Chargers. The Chargers can have a game where Herbert just goes nuts and you'll lose. You'll lose 38-35. 100%. If I can't pick the Raiders because of the unrealistic well, factor. Everybody wants the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. No, but yeah. that's <laughs> it's just Steelers. Like, of Colts, course. Like, dude, give me the Colts because, yeah. like you said, unless Nick Foles is going to somehow get signed to bail Carson Wentz out again, it ain't happening. Carson Wentz had a great, uh, was it fourth quarter, that last couple drives, uh, it was two weeks ago, and that's about all I can remember from this season. He threw 57 yards in a game. 57. Not yeah. a typo. Not I mean, I, I can't credibly say I would much rather face Justin Herbert than Carson Wentz. I understand the Colts have a very solid core, good offensive line. They have some receivers. I think Pittman's solid. They got some decent tight ends yep. and a solid defense. They don't have the quarterback. Uh, you know, listen, they, I, I, I'll also just add to that quickly. Like, the Colts are a team I respect. They're well coached. Yeah. They can run the ball. Darius Leonard's an amazing player. But you, if you're the Chiefs, like you always want in playoffs games, I, I think, lesser quarterbacks and teams that are one dimensional. Any team that's one dimensional, if you're a good football team, you can always limit that if you play good, sound football. Now, the Chiefs, the last two weeks, defensively, they're a mess. They'll lose to anybody they played that defensively. But by the way, the Colts this year, they're nine and seven. If you take out their games against Jacksonville, Houston, and the Jets, they're five and seven. Like they're fine, but I don't, I don't care. I'm not. I respect them, but if the Chiefs can't beat them, they're not going to Super Bowl anyway. I agree. Give me the Colts. I mean, I really want the Raiders, uh, just like oh, everybody. Every, every does. Every world does. Yeah. <laughs> give me a, give me all the chaos. Give me the Raiders. I'm sure. I'm sure that there's some Colts fan out there right now that's like screen recording this, and they're like, you know, tagging old takes takes exposed in case the Chiefs do play Colts. A question though. Yeah. What about? Chargers first. I know that might be the hardest matchup, but if you get them out of the way early while you're healthy, maybe less banged up since you have some time. I, I don't know. I because if you get them out of the way, that that might be the easiest route. Just throwing a a wrench into since we all agree on Colts. I want to I want to do something fun. 
Yeah, I mean, look, this is from a, as a from a, as a fan. Like, what I would like to see is the Chiefs beat the Chargers, beat the Bengals, and beat the Titans or the Bills. You know, some I want a revenge tour. This is like unless something crazy happens, this is going to be the hardest by far, by far the hardest road. Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team has ever had to getting to the Super Bowl. This is a really tall order, and this is why it's difficult. I think the teams are better. That you know, the Browns last year, like Mayfield, that was you know, the Bills were good and they killed the Bills. But like, they only played to play two games. This is going to be a brutal road for the Chiefs, yep. um, almost certainly, and uh, we should be prepared. For, for that. And I hope the Chiefs are too, because they're going to have to play their best ball. They're not going to get, I don't think they're going to get let off the hook in these playoffs. Like if something happens, like what happened against the Browns last year, where Mahomes goes out and Henny has to come in. Good night. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know anything is possible, but they're, these teams are too good. No, I, I agree. And look, I've seen, by the way, as you've been talking, and it's a fair point, by the way, some people say, well, you can't take away the Colts wins against bad teams. That's fine. Let's do, they do what they're supposed to. They'd be bad teams, right? Like I'm not, you're right. And somebody, I, I, I think it was my guy Cheeto freak actually. So, well, did you take away some of the Chiefs wins against bad teams? My point is, the Chiefs have played how many bad teams this year? Like, how many truly? Like, I'm not talking teams. The Jets, the Jags, and the Texans aren't just under five. Like, they're brutal, right? Like, I mean, how many teams? How many teams have the Chiefs played this year that you would say are just really bad football teams? Probably the Giants. That maybe Washington. That's pretty much it. Like Denver. Like Denver's not good, but Denver's not atrocious. I mean, Denver's seven and ten. Like they're not a good team. But they're not they're not the Jags and the Lions and the Giants. The Giants are the Giants are easily the worst team she's played all year. And then, you know, you get in these other ones. But right now, as we're getting ready for week 18, uh, I mean, you know, the Eagles are in the playoffs. The Eagles are a playoff team. Like I, they're not the strongest yeah. playoff team in the world. Yeah, but they were playoff. horrible early on. I will I will agree with that. The Eagles were a So were the Chiefs. Sure. Oh my the, god, it was a battle of wits in that game. That was the fourth game of the season, you know? My, my I guess all I'm driving at is is I don't think the Eagles are a strong playoff team, but they're a playoff team. You know, I don't think like those other teams, like you're talking the five worst teams in the NFL, right? Like the Jets, the Jags, the the, the Lions. I think the Giants are right in there. And then, I, you know, probably the Texans, right? I mean, maybe is there somebody I'm forgetting or missing you toss in there to torsion in those teams? Um, Steelers yeah. offense. You know, they are terrible. <laughs> my God, they're terrible. But no, you know, but anyway, listen, the point, you know, the Bears at times, it is what it is. Um, my 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 overall point is I think the Chiefs are a much better team than Indianapolis. And if they were to lose to them, that would be that would be rough. But hey, look, no matter who you're playing, you're playing somebody who's good. Like, there's no gimmies. You're not you're not getting Vanderbilt in the in the playoffs. Like you're gonna have to play somebody yep. good. You're gonna have to win the game. It's not gonna be easy. All right, everybody. We're gonna get out of here because we just we've passed the hour mark. Before we go, and we'll let you know the schedule this week. We may do some things a little bit differently because it's a playoff week. But watch the games tomorrow. Let's see what let's see where the Chiefs stand when when all the dust settles. Any parting words for the Arrowhead addicts out there, uh, Sterling Holmes? We're in the glory days, baby. This is awesome. The fact that we're even complaining yeah. about things and the Chiefs are realistically at a minimum being the number two seed is incredible. This is fun. Sit backs, try to enjoy, take the big picture here. You're not going to win this Super Bowl every year, but as long as you have Mahomes, you have a chance. Let's enjoy this. Yeah, agreed. Well put, I totally agree. You know, even if they fall short this year, like there's not a lot to complain about this football team. I mean, I, we all get annoyed. Yeah. We all get frustrated, whatever. And by the way, they very well could win the Super Bowl this year. Like I, I know these last two games have been kind of turbulent, whatever. Like, would anybody be shocked, anybody, if they get in the playoffs and just run the table? I, I would be. No way. I was on the radio the other day, and I actually said I thought the Packers were the best team in football, and the host started arguing with me that the Chiefs are the best team in football. And I was like, look, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I think the Packers are the easier road. Like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Like, the Chiefs are just better. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, there's a lot of parity in the NFL. But I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been with us all year long throughout the entirety of the regular season. This was not an easy regular season for about half of it, and everybody stayed with us. And now, look, hey, we got a ton of people in here. They're 12 and 5. The, the AFC West champs for a sixth straight year. They're going to have every bit of a chance to go out there and win the Super Bowl. Let's be real. They're the favorites to get out of the AFC. We got our, we got our great sponsor now, the Kansas City Beer Company. Right? So things are, things are good. Things are looking up. And uh, I've even got a fan page. So things are, things are rolling personally. So I, thank you very much. <laughs> and, and we're looking forward to you know, going through the playoffs. And hopefully it's a long run. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Appreciate you all hanging with us. Thank you to the official beer makers of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, KC Beer. Hit them up on Twitter, at KC Beer Co. Let them know you heard about them on the Airhead Attic Podcast. A bunch of you already have. 
uh, they let me know and uh, we appreciate your support. All right. Enjoy tomorrow. You get to kick back. Just root for the Texans. Go Houston. Which maybe you never thought Davis you'd find Mills, yourself baby. doing. Davis <laughs> yeah, did, didn't know you'd be waking up in the last day of the NFL season being like, gotta watch me some Houston Texans football, baby. Let's Hope go. Hope that it's close to here we are. That to me is the yes. goal. Get me a halftime alive yeah. and then go, go from there. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for your support. Hit that thumbs up on your way out. Make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes. Leave us a review over there. Leave us a review in the comments of this YouTube video. Appreciate your support. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.